Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hey Paul, how are Hello, you? Hello Linda. How are you going? Good, yeah. Oh, very good. Um, how, how, well, you have the topic today and I'm sitting here floundering. Well, how good's your memory? Paella. Yeah. It's not that good. <laughs> so what would you like to know? Well, why don't you tell everyone how you do it? What you do? In You're my, usually asking me the question. I know, so now, and let's, uh, let's, let's, I like it that way too. Let's by the way, up. well, when I when I make paella, I used to, because as you know, I am fastidious to the letter about trying to follow, trying, attempting to follow a recipe. And when I fit my first few that I made were the process of meticulously cutting up the meat that I'm putting in, if I'm putting in anything other than fish, mm-hmm. and cooking it off a little bit, taking that out of the pan, the paella pan, and then putting in a little bit of oil and cooking in some, uh, cooking up some garlic, some onion, and then adding in the uh, spices, letting that sort of, the paprika and anything else I'm putting in, salt and pepper. And then I put in the peppers and the beans a few minutes later mm-hmm. and cook those down a bit before I throw back in the chicken and then add the rice, stir that around and get the, the rice that are coated in some of the veggies and the and the mess from the pan. And then I pour in the stock and I don't touch it again. I just, I don't stir it, I don't touch it. And when I'm just checking that the rice is cooked, the Calasparo rice, I use Calasparo rice. When I'm checking that, I sometimes check the water and think, oh, no, it needs a bit more water. And if I add in stock or sometimes just plain water. Mm-hmm. And when I think it's done, I throw on some lemon, sl- uh, little uh, wedges of lemon, cover it in cling wrap and let it sit there for a few minutes to just kind of absorb. Mm-hmm. And that's, well, that's how I used to, in that sort of meticulous process. Yeah. And at some point, if I'm throwing in fish, depending on the type and how you put them in at various stages, for depending on their cooking time. Then one day when I was in visiting our family in Spain in the lovely little town of Cortes in the Malaga province, I was, I got invited into the kitchen of the bar we used to um, eat at a lot and Uh, He didn't speak a word of English, and my um, Spanish is as good or even less so than my English. So we were just talking, you know, looking at the cooking. Sign language. Sign language for food and pointing, and I filmed him. And his process was completely different. He he had his paella dish on the stove, Mm -hmm. and he had the stock in there already, and it was boiling. And then he stood there and he just roughly cut an onion in his hand, a couple of onions in his hands and just threw them in, sort of chunks. He threw in some other things that he was putting in and then threw the rice in, gave it a quick stir and then walked away. Yeah. And he just walked and I thought, well, that's not how I do it. That's, <laughs> that's not how it's done. What do you mean you just stand there and throw things at the dish and... Um, and my and our uncle um, at the time said, "Well, you know, paella in where they come from, it's not a an area known for rice, and Spain's very regional in its cooking. And he doesn't like eating it when he goes out to restaurants, or he didn't like eating it when he went out to restaurants because he he said it was like 
that he considered it to be the leftovers of whatever the kitchen had. So he would prefer to eat something fresh. It was like, he said, it's one of those dishes that it's not, you know, something that he would eat. But we, whereas we think it's, you know, a main dish in itself, yeah. he was always surprised when I ordered it. Like, are you really want that with all the other things we could have? So how do you do it now? Oh, I just, uh, I do, well, I tend to do it, uh, I still cook off the meat a little bit, but now I just throw things in um, all together. Okay. And let it just, uh, and, and you know what? You're telling people a recipe. Well, like, well, I'm not a chef. I, I, yeah, yeah, ask me, ask me how to do like, something else. So but, you're making um, a chicken and chorizo. Chicken and chorizo paella. This weekend. Yes, I'm making two because I'm not sure about the, the dietary and the dietary requirements so what's of everybody the first step? else. First step is get your paella pan on. First thing I did was uh, last night prep the the veggies and the meat so yep. they're ready. So I always prep. I always cut the meat. And I saw you had in there chicken I, breast. Well, I tend to eat breast because um, I like the cooking. I know the cooking time with that, and I know you know a lot of. Sometimes I when I know people are coming over, I'll get. But they're hard to find sometimes. Little um, pieces of chicken thigh and um, the little knuckle yeah. parts. You know, sometimes like in Spain we get them with wings, but I'm not really. You know, I think that's a lot of effort for not much reward on a wing. You know, in a dish like that, personally. Mm-hmm. So I cook off. So I cut up my chicken breast into sort of bite-sized cubes, and I cook and I get the chorizo and I chop it into the same size. Yeah. And. When I cook off the chorizo with the chicken, the chorizo leaves that beautiful sort of paprikary, smoky sort of fat, fat in the um, in the pan. Yeah. And that's what I cook off uh, with a little bit of oil, but it's a bit dry. Yeah. The onion so and, these and are the garlic. So things that people oh, need to know, right? Sorry. And, um, and at that point, when the uh, chicken and chorizo are out and the, and the garlic and onions are in, then I add the spices that I'm putting in, Sorry. depending on what who's coming and what I think they can cope yeah, it's with. Just, what, it's what it's uh, smoked paprika, yeah. normally hot. Yeah. And um, I put in some mixed herbs and oregano. Mixed herbs. Yeah, it's like a it's yeah, a you know okay, mixed right. herbs. Yeah. I think it's more like an Italian thing. Yeah. And then some pepper. Okay. And some, maybe a little bit of salt, but I tend to forget the salt. It's always a bit of pepper. I know I used to try and put um, saffron in, yeah. but it, it, it was for me, I just didn't think it added anything other than colour. Okay. So I just thought, no, I'd prefer to see the, the, the colour of the rice with the meat and the colourful peppers and yeah. beans and, and that sort wine? of colour. No, no wine. No wine. I do live with a non. I do live with a non-drinking husband. I know, but he does, you know, tend to prefer no alcohol and things. Um, And I, the stock I use is chicken or vegetable. Okay. Normally chicken. Yeah, and if I run out of that. And how much stock? Enough to cover the rice, or I have. I have a a really large (laughs) paella pan. Um, No, and uh, how would I? Describe so it. Is it. I would put to cover, or enough, is it a centimeter it's, over, or it's probably a centimeter over would be a good description. And what's the rough cooking time? 20-25 minutes. Yeah. It's quite quick. Over what sort of heat? 
Oh, um, medium, low to medium, okay. depending on how quickly I want it to cook and if I can stand there, because when it's up high, but you do get that sort of crunchy, bottomy, burnt yeah, bits that, that are... Soccer rut? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Sure it okay. Yeah. Thanks. Which is the, the base crusty, of the paella, yes. which it's kind of like caught toasted rice on the base, and it's delicious. Yes. It's the be- It is the part of yes. the paella. Yes. We all is, fight over that. Which is what yes. a paella is really all about, to be honest. Well, that is the best bit. It is the best bit. Yeah. Um. So if I've got a bit more time, it's lower. To sort of have it, and then I and we don't have a really we've got a large sort of burner, but the dish is wider, the big dish is wider, so I, I tend to sort of move it around. So I watch for the bubble points in the paella dish, and I move the dish around so yeah. that everything gets evenly treated. This is people listening to this are going to realize why you do most of the talking, buddy. <laughs> no, it's good, it's interesting. <laughs> so that's. And so, so do you think, okay, so do you think you have to have a paella pan to do a paella? No. Okay, so that's good. I don't think you need a pan, but it's it's hard to think of something that would cope with that because it's so thin and spread out, Yeah. the heat's so evenly distributed across the pan, Yeah. which gives you that breadth of the crunchy bits at the bottom yeah. and the quick cooking time. So I've got a very shallow cast iron pan which I've been using for okay. the paella, mm-hmm. which actually works beautifully, really quite well. And you've never asked me for tips on how to cook it? No, I just okay. figured I could figure it out. So. Yeah, it's not rocket science. But well, no, 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 but I mean, it's funny, well, like, the amount of people that struggle with, especially rice-based dishes, you know, like even just cooking rice. Cooking mm. rice is a, like, it's hard to get right, well, it's not hard to get, once you know, you know, right? But it's a lot of people struggle with getting nice fluffy rice if that's what they want or a good risotto or a good paella for that matter um i'm i was just a bit surprised about the chicken breast because it doesn't really carry much flavor it's very hard to get <coughs> flavor into chicken breast so yeah, i think chicken thigh yeah. is a far better choice but that's me and you so you can do whatever you want but the traditionals are chicken and chorizo and a seafood. Oh, seafood, yeah. yeah. And that's about it, isn't it? Well, I think with with paella, you can basically put in whatever you feel like, yeah. whatever your personal preferences are. Yeah. I've, I've never really seen one when I've been travelling that, you know, would have a lot of red meat. It's yeah. normally lighter, yeah. lighter. Um, and, my, and a lot of the ones I eat overseas are vegetarian if I don't think they're going to be able to put mushrooms in, um, which are common, but sometimes here you get them in, which is strange. Yeah, I, I don't see them. There's a restaurant in Spain that I ordered a paella. Uh, sorry, in Spain, St Kilda, and I ordered a paella and out came these big mushrooms and I yeah. had to... Yeah, I know. Oh, who, no one. We them. just didn't know. No, I yeah. didn't. I looked on the menu and it didn't have it in there. So... But yeah, it's it's one. Yeah, it's one. But I think but the, the key takeaways, and I mean, I've only done maybe eight or ten of them thus far. But I think to get a good one, right, you're going to get good rice. So spend the money on getting good totally. rice. Totally. Yeah. Good chorizo sausage. Don't buy rubbish. Get really, really. Do good you buy uncooked quality. ones or Absolutely. cooked ones? Uncooked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and what I have done is I and I just tried it just to see I poached the chorizo in white wine first and then let that cool and then diced it up and sweated it off like you do um, but I then poured that chorizo wine in when I put the stock oh, in and that was like quite delicious that's very fancy um, and um, there's another dish that you can do where you use apple cider and the chorizo and cook it down cook up the chorizo yeah. and then pour in some apple cider and have that with bread that's yeah, yummy yeah, yeah. yummy yeah. Fresh um, bread. so good good rice good chorizo and I think smoked paprika is the key or one of the keys so get some good quality smoked paprika. So we're very lucky here. We've got lots of, well, at the market, we've got lots of good places, but there is a Spanish deli just in Fitzroy and they have no, all of those three things in one place. Um, so, yeah. The other thing which I found surprising when the, the chef in, in Spain you know, introduced me into his kitchen, he had this big, really large jar of celery salt and that was his flavouring. Yeah. And I'd never seen it before. And he just poured a cracker load in there. Okay. And I thought, hello. Yeah, um, I, I, I haven't gone to putting any, like, dried herbs in it. So certainly not mixed herbs or yeah, dried just a bit. No, just a bit. It's just a little bit. It's, yeah. it's like be probably a teaspoon of them combined, just with the time I'm cooking up the others. A bit of flavour. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think I don't think it makes. I don't think it adds anything really because it's hard to. Um, it's hard to sort of like. There's so many other stronger yeah. flavors, mainly from the chorizo and the. Yeah, I was actually going. I, I was going to do a seafood one, not this weekend, but next weekend. Um, and if the rule is, and I'm trusting you on your Spanish experience here, but if the rule is, you can throw anything in you like. I'm thinking I might put some preserved lemon. Oh, yeah, that that would be nice. That would be really yeah, nice. That would be good. I think. Yeah, because we we'll I see. put the and lemon I on. See, I see, I think saffron's a key ingredient too. Yeah, I I just yeah. I used to put it in and go to the effort of you know getting it and. Well, it's hardly effort. No, it is. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but uh, I just didn't think the way I cook it and the way we I sort of make it because I I tend to make it to, and it, it's for me it's a dish that you can make ahead of time. Like I'll be making it for tomorrow's lunch ahead of time, and I can leave it covered up. And when I need it, I can just put it back over a low heat and warm it through again, and it's yummy. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't need to... It's forgiving. It's totally forgiving. And the way you make it is forgiving, mm. which I learned. And, and really, now that I know that it's you can go from any of extremes in cooking, yeah. it's my personal preference to cook the meat. But if I was doing seafood, obviously, I, I don't do that. That goes in mm. during the process, like the prawns in the last two minutes, Yeah. really. Um, well, you say like the... Although you wouldn't be putting prawns in, would you? No. No. Um, but a lot of people ask, you know, about rice specifically around steam ovens as well. It's like the, oh, I can do rice in my steam oven. Like, yes, you can, and you can do rice-based dishes. But the problem, the problem sometimes is, like, would you ever do it in your steam oven? Well, it's no, because, because you're not going to get the crusty bits at yeah. the bottom. And the when I went to the good folk at Bologna Appliances, you know, all those years ago when we were looking at 
buying a steam oven or a combi steam oven that one of the uh, the owners the the lovely lady there the mum of the current owner said uh, that she made all her paellas now she was Spanish and she made all her paellas in her combi steam oven and I thought wow this really is an amazing you know um, device but when I thought about it I thought I probably wouldn't do that because I know how the risotto works and how that works really well in the combi steam oven the way we do it where we yeah. still it's a finish it off it's, it's a, a hybrid, hybrid yeah of traditional it starts off on yeah. a pan finishes up in a pan yeah but it's cooked in the middle in the in mm. the steam but I wouldn't do a paella in there yeah I don't see that it add, I don't see how it would add anything to the process yeah and that's kind of like uh, one I get often asked often more often than not is Heino's chicken rice, which is a super popular dish, right? Hugely popular. And I still haven't figured out the best way to do it in a steam oven. And I think if it's that much effort to figure out the best way to do it in your appliance, then maybe you should just stick to the traditional way of doing it. What is Heino's chicken rice? Uh, well, it's essentially what it sounds like. It's a, it's a, I think it's Chinese. It's a, essentially like a poached chicken. Um, generally whole but I think you can do parts but let's just keep say whole in a flavoured stock and you use that stock to cook rice to cook the rice so you use that mm-hmm. chicken stock to cook the rice it's a very very famous dish um, so a lot of people have asked me for a sort of a, a one sheet one pan high needs oh, chicken wow. rice okay. type thing and I've tried a few times and I haven't really probably put as much effort into it as I could but yeah I often think Sometimes just because you got it doesn't mean you should use it. There's a little Vietnamese restaurant. No, this was a long time ago down in Footscray, and I didn't know it was called Hainese Chicken Rice. Mm. But one of the reasons we would drive all the way over to Footscray for the uh, for dinner, apart from our friend Georgie who lived there at the time, but um, they had this amazing chicken rice and it was fantastic and everything else that we had yeah. would often just end up with just bowls of the rice. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, yeah. the other food was, it was so tasty. It was, oh, I didn't know it was called that. There you go. Learn something there you are. Now. You do. But yeah, like I just thought it'd be interesting for people to know how you do your, as soon as you've been doing payoff so long. And still never invited you over. Like it's pretty easy, right? Like it's like it's it's really forgiving. It's it's school level, uh, basic, very basic, (laughs) (laughs) very basic. But key points: get by quality ingredients. Quality ingredients. And what's the rice called? I I use Calaspara. Calaspara rice. Yeah. Yeah. Or a rose. There's um, a bag that Dougie found somewhere, and it was just called a rose. Yeah. which was I'm trying that this weekend, but so I'm also taking some calisbara. If you don't have that in your cupboard, you what can, you can use is sushi rice or risotto. I've rice. done that. Can you? Okay. Yes. We um, also have risotto rice, which I've had to use at times. Yeah. Doesn't well, work. I don't, as, know about I don't think it works rice. as well. Yeah. But it's not bad. Like, so koshiakari rice, which is sushi rice, mm-hmm. it, it does work. Okay. Almost equally as good, actually. Oh, wow. Well, I don't carry so that at home, but I've always got uh, risotto rice and calasbara. Yeah. So, there you go. Well, there you are. But it is very forgiving. For those who aren't put off by my appalling description of how I cook... I tried to bring it back to you. I know you tried, but you have... You have look at what you're working with, buddy. Um, it is forgiving 
and it doesn't take long once you no, get it, it takes longer for me to prep everything <laughs> mm. than to actually cook the and paella pans aren't expensive are they no they're, they're not, not at all and it's just a large round flat thin metal yes yeah and i've got a small cast iron one that um, i only use if it's really special occasion well no no just like if it's an overflow like i'm yeah. not sure who how many we're actually cooking for tomorrow but um, and I'm going to save that if I can for the people who are coming late. But it's cast, and it, I don't think it gets the same bang for the bottom for the same yeah. crunch because it isn't that thin sort of metal. Yeah. Although it's, you know, the metal one looks terrible, it's all discolored, and, and I, but that's all right, that's all part of the process. But yeah. it is forgiving, it is really quick, and I think everyone should get. Give that it is, a go. Get that that is that is a bit when everyone pushes aside, you know, their, and then gets out their fork and just starts digging in, and you can't hurt that pan. Yeah, but that's at all. that is the best part. Yeah, it is. And what's actually good is because I don't mind your method there, right? So if you take it off the heat and cover it and just let it sweat for a minute, what you'll find is if you scrape a wooden spoon across the bottom and get that crust dispersed a little bit evenly more of it comes off because it sweats a little bit mm -hmm. and so it ad adds like buckets of flavor then you like have to share it paul huge 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 amounts oh, of flavor okay. so Alrighty. you you just it picks up all of this flavor from the bottom of the pan it's like when you deglaze a yeah uh pot or a, a sheet pan when you've been made roasting bones it's mm. all that fond on the bottom all the good stuff so, yeah, but give it a go. I just thought it would be interesting because we haven't talked about it before. No. And I've only just sort of started doing them at home myself. So, thought I'd better ask the expert. Well, I hope I haven't put everybody on the expert. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sure but it there is, are... it's very simple. I'm sure there are people out there listening going, oh, what? Oh, I'm sure there are. But and if everyone's got a better idea or their own way of doing it, please share it with us. But give it a go. If you haven't tried it, give it a go. It is a lot of fun and... On a in a centre point, it is a great yeah. share, share play. Dish. It yeah. is, and it's quite filling. Yeah, oh yeah, it's quite yeah. filling, which is why you know it's. I find everyone likes. I know some people prefer thighs or the little uh, knuckly bits and yeah. stuff, but everyone's gonna eat um, chicken breast. Kids will eat it. Yeah, other people can eat it. It may not be their favourite, but it's yeah. So if I manageable bring it back to our previous podcast when we were talking about service mm -hmm. the reason that i thought about paella for this podcast was that one of the food outlets at the music festival i went to was a paella truck oh yeah or yeah van or whatever it was. yeah and they had like five on the i go, know and they were massive like huge huge but it was actually really really quite good like I've fortunately timed my run perfectly where the chicken and chorizo was just coming off. And cool. so I got like, and I actually had to tell the guy to scrape the bottom because I wanted... Oh, because that's what they wanted. Good, they yeah, want that. I wanted the good stuff. But I got it right when it was coming off and it hadn't been sitting there for an extended period. Of, like I actually was waiting in the line where I saw him take it off and I was about the fourth bowl served. And it was really good. Like, really yeah. quite good. When we're in Spain and mm -hmm. visiting the family and we have a big sort of get-together, the uh, the people that help us organise the food have a, a dish that's like two and a half feet diameter. Yeah. And they have a special gas ring that they 
truck in, put down, and it's the same as they do at the yeah. at the big events. And there's one here at the market as well, yeah, which is very good too. So it is a dish that is very forgiving, very easy, and doesn't require a lot of skill, which is and why cheap. I make it. Yeah, and cheap too, right? It is. It is. It's actually it's a little a bit of, of a little bit of meat and a lot of rice and, yeah. and veggies, and so and it goes a long way. There you go. So happy cooking, everybody. Happy Give it a go and let us know how up. you are. Oh, no, never doing this again, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna... Anyway, until next time, happy cooking, everybody. See Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe. And for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com. Mm-hmm.